0: Disclaimer. In this episode, Laura's sound quality is very bad. This is because she does not have her microphone, and she is in the UK. Not that being in the UK makes her sound quality bad, but not having a microphone sure does. So bear that in mind, be patient with us, and we love you with a deep, fiery passion. With that said, let us begin. (laughs) One and all, this is this is still, in fact, Stinklings, and a little bit of uh, what's been going on in our lives. So, um, I mean, we we had a baby, which is why I couldn't record for a little while because we had little little baby Leo, who's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then, uh, Lo, uh, what's you up to? Well, I
1: like, I mean, I didn't have a baby, which is a huge deal, but I. <laughs> I got accepted into grad school in England and I moved there and uh, that is where it, That is in fact where I am right now. So uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened within a small amount of time.
0: A lot of changes going on here. and, and so that's why we kind of went on hiatus with our stinkles. But uh, we figured there's no time like the present to uh, give it another go, and especially because what's coming up, you know, The Rise of Skywalker comes out in less than a month now. And so for that purpose, um, we just want to do like a quick episode where we talk about uh, (laughs) the Force.net boards, which I have been a part of since like 1999, um... They had a story treatment contest, and I thought in, in light of all the uh, awesome fandom wars going on about Star Wars that are actually really stupid because I think the Sequel Trilogy is perfectly fine, um, they kind of... Yeah, well, I mean, is not an opinion if it's objectively correct? I mean, it's <laughs> so... Anyway, the uh, they did a story treatment contest for Episode 9 before we had any details about what it would entail, whether even they would find a way to use Carrie Fisher footage or whether they'd have to kill off the character of Leia in order to be respectful to uh, Carrie Fisher. And um, so there were 10 submissions in the Force.net story treatment contest. And I thought it would be awesome to go through them and rank them all Um, and determine which one was the best, which one was the worst, and why. So I have written up like little write-ups about all 10 of these story treatments, but there's a little cherry hidden in this cake, and the cherry is, I wrote one of them. Really? And you will have to guess which one. Okay, so I actually, I put them in, I did like criteria for every story and I judged them all by the same criteria. I judged them based off of title quality, because a lot of them had titles, some didn't. I yeah, I did like story potential, like they've their setup. How good is their setup? Is it something that could actually feasibly be a good um you know, Star Wars story? I did story execution, alright. They did their setup. Do they do justice to the story they set up? I did story enjoyability. So if they executed it well, but I hated it, like it was boring, you know, I'm going to mark it down. Then um, character writing in general, Rey character arc, Finn character arc, Ben Solo character arc. I figure these are like the main three characters where I think would make or break the story if they did not have good character arcs. So I stuck with those three. OC quality. Original characters. Are they good? Are they stupid? How? What do we think of the original characters? Pacing. And then finally, satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga. And I weighted each of these according to how important it is. A quality doesn't really matter. Uh, title quality doesn't really matter at all. So it has really low uh, weight. Uh, the satisfying conclusion, conclusion to the Skywalker saga is the most important thing, so that one has, like, all the weight. Um, I assign a score of 1 to 10, and then it, you know, churns out a weighted score, and then we get... Uh, then they all go to the summary page, and I have them all uh, ranked and ready to go, so uh, let's get started! Our okay, I just would like to
1: say oh, that yeah. the title includes
0: a bad pun, it's in an... Okay, no, I like, your, I like your thinking here, and we'll get to actually evaluate every one of these titles. Uh, the first one, uh, what do you think of this, Lo? Spark of hope. Um, all I hear is sparkle hope, which hmm. doesn't sound terribly Star Wars-esque to me. No, it's, it's an attempt to like, oh, look, they said this word in the last film. So now we're going to um, put it into the next film because technically the phrase... The Last Jedi appeared somewhere in The Force Awakens, so they're like, ah, the key is somewhere in the text of the script of The Last Jedi for the title of the next film, so they went with Spark of Hope. Spark of Hope definitely got the lowest rating. It didn't even break 1 on a scale of 1 to 10. It's it's oh at 0.9770114943. I included all these digits for the sake of 3PO. And um, the tiny summary I wrote for it is... Hot trash. Shall we look at it?
1: Yes, I want to see the hot trash.
0: Okay, so here's our, our summary Title Crawl. Because of Luke Skywalker's sacrifice, the resistance numbered. The resistance's numbers have tripled. So that's like 36 people. Um, apparently. <laughs> like from the end of The Last Jedi, right? It tripled, huh? So. <laughs> Apparently, yes. um, takes place immediately after The Last Jedi, uh, Lando's ship arrives on crate and they look at everything and they say, we're too late. Meanwhile, on Naboo, they're holding a funeral for Leia. Rey wonders how she can get on without Leia. Then Luke's ghost... Wait,
1: what? Wait, what? They're holding... Okay, what? They're holding a funeral for
0: Leia? See this, again, they didn't know how we were supposed to deal with Carrie Fisher's passing, so... Uh, I mean, and Carrie Fisher, she is irreplaceable. So I get the idea where they're thinking there's no way they can include her unless they use old footage. But they thought she wasn't, they they thought J.J. Abrams wasn't going to use new footage, so, uh, old footage. So, um, yeah. Okay,
1: I'll give it a, I'll, I guess, I, actually, I don't want to give it a pass simply because <laughs> I get that, I'm sorry, I'm nitpicking this. <laughs> it's important. Um, I get that. With the death of an actor, it's really, really hard to know what to do if, you, if that actor was important to another movie. However, um, I don't think it's a, it's good writing to just immediately say, well, they died, and then <laughs> you are and it's like, wait, no, you have to. There <laughs> has to be some kind of explanation or at least some sort of something leading up to it. You can't just pan right over and say, oh, they're dead.
0: Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna love the rest of these. Let me just tell you that right now. Oh. Um, Can't wait. All right. <laughs> they all find interesting ways of dealing with the uh, situation, and we realize why they were not hired by Disney Lucasfilm to uh, write Episode 9. Uh, especially this person. Uh, Rey wonders how she can get on without Leia, then Luke's ghost shows up to give her her final lesson. The final lesson is fan service. <laughs> The, the scene literally ends with just Obi-Wan's ghost appears and says hello there, and then the end scene. And you know at some point this does make me- this prompts me to ask, so why do we even have Rey at all? Why not just have Obi-Wan and Luke and Yoda ghosts just go in and solve everything, like...
1: And you know what? Why are we leaving out Anakin? He should be
0: here too. Oh, he's in quite a few of these. But moving right along, Kylo Ren goes to Octo and gets mad and kills all the caretakers. Rey force skypes with Kylo Ren and says no! Don't do it, Ben. But he does. And then we meet our first OC, Sergeant Callum, who comes right out of the gate with a wink and a grin. And so I can, that that summarizes his character right there. Sergeant Callum eats danger for breakfast and has roasted quippers for dinner. And no, I did not misspeak. At which point the story just turns into a rehash of KOTOR. Like, that's just the rest of the story. They, they have to go find the Star Forge and they go to ancient temples they do mention the uh revanchists revanchinists i don't remember the term uh they go to ancient temples and they have to get past the temple guard droids just like in kotor it's beat for beat same as kotor now uh but instead of the droids giving you a third grade general knowledge quiz um, they vent impotent fanboy frustrations on Rose by killing her a lot and in unnecessarily gruesome ways. So
1: she's kind of like the Jar Jar of this. Also, I feel like we should mention Kotor is K O T O R, which uh,
0: Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Acronym for Knights of the Old Republic.
0: Arguably, to be fair, one of the best Star Wars games ever made to date. But we're seeing why it doesn't play too well on film and why if there were to be a film adaptation, and I hope there's not, I hope they actually do something totally original, but um, if there were to be, there'd have to be a lot of adaptation because if you just go through the video game mechanics, it's boring, which is what happens. Um, Because then the Knights of Ren go with Kylo Ren and they also have to go through another ancient temple and they face their own temple guard droids that they have to get past so they can find the, uh, the Star Forge. Uh, Sergeant Kellum grins and winks and shoot things. This is evidently the author's idea of the kind of sequel trilogy character they would have liked to see.
1: So Poe Dameron just wasn't good
0: enough. No, no, we need more grinning and winking. The good guys get through to the location of the Star Forge. Rey's identity is finally revealed as a descendant of Bastila, of course. The end. What? That's the story. That's it. Really? Yeah.
1: That's it? Yeah. That's the whole story?
0: Yeah, that's the story. I mean, somewhere in there, Kylo Ren gets killed. Somewhere in there, like they find the Star Forge, but they don't actually go and like go to it. They just find the location of it, and then Rey has to leave them or something. And at the very end, they're like, "Wait, I never asked you your last name." And she turns back significantly, Shan, and then disappears into the night. Like, oh.
1: Oh, brother! Oh, ah.
0: So that is our uh, that is our number ten hot trash. And I actually included a column here, uh, question mark, tries to fix The Last Jedi? And this is a resounding yes. It doesn't even,
1: like, even if you're going to try and fix it, it doesn't really fix anything. It just kills off Rose and...
0: They decide that she has, uh, that Rey has parents that are important because uh, apparently we can't appreciate the fact that anyone could be special in Star Wars, but...
1: I... Okay, so one of the... (laughs) <laughs> of course, one of the biggest things about this is, of course, unless you have played the games, the co-tour games, this will mean nothing to you. Yep. And since I'm going to guess that most of the people, I, I would say, to be generous, half of the people are not going to be seeing the movie, have not played the games, especially since the movies have attracted uh, a significant they have attracted a fan base since mm-hmm. they forget it, just FYI. A
0: new fan yeah. base, in fact. Some people yeah, who were never into Star Wars before. And then she'll turn around and say, "Shan," and then they're going to be like... Uh-huh. Cool. So, well, I mean, you, you can actually directly map sales of units of KOTOR and compare it to ticket sales for the Star Wars films. And you just, like, compare these numbers and see which percentage... like. It's going to be a tiny percentage of people who actually go to the films who have played KOTOR.
1: Exactly. So this means basically nothing. (laughs) Yep. Especially since um, that isn't even just expanded universe from before Disney's acquisition. It's like kind of almost, it's like obscure expanded universe almost.
0: Yeah. It's a video game that... Again, most people probably haven't played, but we don't have time to sit there and repair upon how much hot trash this was because we have to go right on to our next one. So oh boy. there were two untitled stories and I didn't want to call them Untitled A or B or Untitled Blue or Gold because, you know, that kind of implies there's a hierarchy between them. So I called them Untitled R2 and Untitled 3PO. We're going on to Untitled R2, um, my tiny summary here for number nine, it might be okay But it was too hard to get through to find out. This one's going to be really short uh, because it was super hard to follow. It was just these big blocks of text that were, like, super hard to get through. Um, It involves bringing back Luke, into like, reincarnating Luke to help Rey... Uh, Ray is his secret daughter. Snoke comes back from the dead and they sort of set up a sequel where Ren was Snoke's master and represents neither light side nor dark side but the decaying side of the force which is the converse of the living force and is this threat from beyond wild space and that's um... That's our story.
1: So, it's basically, I hated The Last Jedi, let me fix everything and go back to square one, pretend that movie didn't exist, and add my own headcanon to it.
0: (laughs) Your hate has not made you strong, your hate has blinded you.
1: I mean, okay, the idea of there being another facet to the Force? Interesting. Doing it that way? Not
0: interesting. Yeah, like, there were a few interesting ideas, to be fair, but it seemed far too fixated with fixing The Last Jedi to tell a compelling story. Number eight, Destiny of the Force. (gasps) And my tiny summary, nowhere can Luke be tastefully nude. (laughs) So, let's just jump right in, shall we?
1: Yes, please, do so on.
0: Kylo Ren goes to Naboo to kill Resistance people, Rey thinks, via Force Ghost Luke, that Kylo has Force artifacts in the Vader castle on Mustafar. For some reason, R2 and 3PO are on a planet and cause havoc, 3PO actually falling on someone and pinning them down face first. That's a scene. Yeah. Uh, it turns out they're actually rescuing Chewie and Finn, who are on this planet. And then there's this chance encounter with a stormtrooper. Uh, but they, instead of killing Finn, they decide that Finn is good now. And the Stormtrooper Rebellion just begins. It was literally like, FN-2187, is that you? Yes, it's me. Wow, I want to join you. Okay. And um, stay, spread the word among the other Stormtroopers. Cool. And thus begins the Great Stormtrooper Rebellion. Rey goes to Mustafar, where Kylo Ren has a helmet made up of kyber crystals that are not touching. And they reenact their first fight on Takadana, you know, from The Force Awakens, where she shoots at him and then gets her, like, arm pinned to her side and then faints. But it lasts longer because they're both more powerful, but it goes exactly the same way. Hux moves to attack Corellia. Kylo, and this is the word they used potters about, um, Snoke's archive, which is apparently on Mustafar. BB-8 murders Kylo runs astromech droid and rescues Rey... A four Skype identifies the helmet as the Sith Purity Crystal, which kind of sounds like if Marianne Williamson had become, like, a Puritan in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> and, like, is trying to maintain... It's, it sounds like a... it sounds like some sort of dark side chastity belt, is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Poe gives Rey an awkward smooch on Yavin 4, and that is the word they use. They actually define it as an awkward smooch, their words. They fly off in a ship called the Star Eagle. Hux and some OC named Raycan talk a lot about rebels but they aren't killing the rebels they just talk about them. Yoda and Luke ghosts tell Ray not to go fight in the war because that's a bad thing for Jedi to do. Hux and the rebels engage at Corellia. Ray and Finn and Poe and Roe and Chewie fight the Knights of Ren and Chewie dies. A prime minister gives a rousing speech. The rousing speech is going to be a recurring theme in these by the way. And the rousing speech makes everyone rebel against the First Order uh, but to stop Kylo Ren they first have to lure him to Octo. And a tastefully nude Luke reincarnates to help. But wait, tastefully nude reincarnated Luke is evil and he kills Mos Kanata and the caretakers who are there. Evil Luke makes Kylo Ren and Rey team up to defeat him. But then Luke is defeated and dies and then Anakin shows up and tells Kylo Ren that it's okay to have Ben now to be redeemed. Ben is sort of the fandom term for Kylo Ren being redeemed. And so he does, but in Luke's final moments, he's good again. But Ben is redeemed and then exiled, and that's the end.
1: That was quite a roller coaster, but we just went
0: on. And that's another great thing where, uh, with all of these, a lot, of, especially when they're like, we have to fix The Last Jedi, and you're like, and this is your fix, huh?
1: Yeah, you think everyone would be happy with
0: this? The weighted rating so far, uh, number 10 has been 0.9, number 9 has been 1.4, and then number 8 was 2.5, and we're shooting up to uh, number 7, which is 2.6. So this is what I'm trying- it's not that much better. Um, Number 7, The Fall of Kylo Ren, tiny summary, your Snoke theory sucks. That's a little reference to Star Wars Explained, go check out their YouTube channel, they're great. Uh, tries to fix Last Jedi? Oh, yeah. Here we go. We begin with the premise that the Resistance, which is also the Republic, has numerical superiority somehow. Yeah, interesting. Leia is training to be a Jedi and fends off baseballs. And they are actually baseballs. They say baseballs, which are being thrown at her. Uh, and she force heals things. And, yes, we do have to make sure when we say force heals, capital F, force heals capital H heals we get into kind of like the gamification of the force where it's like you have specific force powers and they all have titles and uh you can't you can't access this force power until you become a level level four Jedi consular you know like that sort of thing um a lot of these definitely treat the force like that and this seems to be one of them she force heals things claims her dad trained her The bridge of Leia's ship, however, is hit again, and she's unconscious again, but survives again. Rey has a very confusing Force vision about Grey Jedi, the bane of my existence. This is John throwing that in there. Kylo Ren is seen in a lightning-proof chamber. He's approached by a nervous officer who asks, and this is a quote, I thought I heard screaming and lightning, um, that's none of your concern, says Kylo Ren. This is our dialogue. We establish via a Wikipedia article in the middle of the story treatment that some of the Republic fleet survived the Hosnian Cataclysm, which is where, in The Force Awakens, they blow up the Republic. Um, Finn is on a mission to capture Phasma, who survived, and gosh darn it, she should survive. I gotta hand it to this author. Absolutely, she should survive, says John. She fends them off with a machine gun blaster and then some grenades, in parentheses, thermal detonators. Phasma calls down an orbital strike on her own position, a lot like Battlefront. And to let her troops escape, while the Republic Commando screams, No! But wait, she actually escapes. Poe and Hux give dueling rousing speeches! Again. Rey, Rey has another nightmare, where she's Luke and gets her hand cut off. Fleets assemble and start fighting over Jakku. We get a bunch of people who are going to do the Haldor maneuver, and we get little flashbacks about all of them and weird asides, where we identify the ethnicity of all the actors for some reason. Um, one is Middle Eastern, one is South Asian, and one is Caucasian. Okay. They mutter catchphrases before haldoing into First Order ships, and by haldoing I mean they go into hyperspace and ram them, which was the coolest moment of The Last Jedi Says John.
1: Yes, also, that's that's a great as a last stand thing, not so effective as an actual battle strategy. I'm just sick.
0: Yeah. I always imagine the only reason the Holden maneuver worked was because her ship was so big.
1: It's, I mean, it's, again, if, as a, for the purpose it was being used for, it was effective. But if you actually think about battle, like, what, if a bunch of X-wings just, flung themselves at the giant stiff
0: battleships, <laughs> which we actually see in rogue one and we see how well that works um i mean like they didn't intentionally try to ram the star destroyer in rogue one they were about to go to hyperspace to light speed but they um yeah they smashed they're tiny ships you know okay they're haldoing uh phasma versus finn ground battle hux versus poe sky battle ray versus kylo she severs his arm and The story notes, he breathes heavily like Vader. Finn kills Phasma, and this is probably my favorite quote in this whole thing. Upon being defeated, Phasma remarks, We trained you too well. Um, But it turns out, beneath the helmet, it wasn't Kylo Ren all along, it was Snoke. And apparently Snoke is what made Rey so powerful, because obviously she couldn't just be powerful, uh, revealing just how the gamification of star wars has twisted the narrative thinking a quote from it she has jedi knight level saber skills because apparently this is an rpg right we establish some force powers are dark side and some are light side each has to have the word force in front of it force healing force lightning etc we never actually see force healing in canon by the way um, just pointing yeah, that out, we, we do get hints of it in The Mandalorian, but I won't try to spoil anything there. Force lightning, only a dark side power, even though we totally see Yoda summoning lightning in The Last Jedi. Force, Ghost, Luke, Obi-Wan, and Anakin join together to fight Snoke, so it's like, why do we even have Rey? But Snoke is actually, get this, Sate pistage You know, Sate pistage that guy who was cut from the fifth draft of the Empire Strikes Back script, and may or may not have been one of the weird advisors to the Emperor you vaguely see for a few seconds in Return of the Jedi that guy.
1: Oh my gosh, I literally did not see that coming.
0: (laughs) No, I didn't either. Uh, But wait, no, it's not even the original Saint Pistage, it's a clone of Saint Pistage. Snoke Pistage eventually gets tired of being cornered, and it does note he gets tired of being cornered, by the three force ghosts. The story notes that he goes elsewhere. Kylo Ren self-sacrifices to kill Snoke Pistage, and Snoke, being as he is a quote, dual side force wielder, unquote, becomes one with the force and then he goes to apologize to Rey as a force ghost for being so evil and he warns of a threat from beyond the outer rim which we're supposed to it very it very strongly hints we're talking about the Yuzhang vong you know that whole plot thread from it's a big thing in um, it's a big thing in the EU this because of like the things where it's so much like aha I give a rousing speech now I give an evil rousing speech your forces are at the planet now my forces are at the planet ground battle space battle Force battle! There's your story! And I'm like, if you have ever been in a community choir of dubious skill? You can usually anticipate you're going to have everyone in unison on the first verse, low voices sing the second verse boisterously, high voices sing legato on the third verse, and then they sing in parts on the fourth verse. This is the story treatment equivalent of that arrangement.
1: Also, now that I think about it, the original Star Wars and this Star Wars, it's never really been much about, like, I don't think I can remember a distinctive rousing speech, I guess apart from Hux's, <laughs> and, but that one wasn't really, like, no, everybody was not, was, like, ignoring the speech, it was just noticing how all the Nazi symbolism everywhere and stuff, but that was about, like, I think the closest we could come to is when Luke in, uh, Return of the Jedi is battling on Jabba the Hutt's cruiser thing, he's like, PORTEN AT THE DECK!
0: that's yeah that's the closest thing to a real rousing speech that and this this happens a lot in um i want to say the not great media and unfortunately this sometimes includes ya fantasy as well where somehow a rousing speech is actually going to get everyone off their feet and like off their butts and on their feet and doing things and I mean, when has that ever worked? When have you been like, that rousing speech was so good, I'm gonna rise up in rebellion. Like, no, this doesn't work. But we have to move on now to uh, d- round out the bottom five here to the Knights of Wren, number six, uh, tiny summary. What the force did I just read? <laughs> and I'm excited, okay. this one was a delight. Like I could not get enough of this but I couldn't rank it any higher and you'll see why, ready? Okay. We start out where Luke comes to after becoming a force ghost and he's sitting now at a tea party of all the force ghosts, including Mace Windu. Luke joins them, but I'm not making this up they are having a tea party. There are Zabrak force ghosts dancing in the background. They wonder out loud if Kylo Ren could be the real chosen one. Qui-Gon hilariously mentions that his blind faith and orthodoxy brought the Republic to ruin Anakin punks them with a fake DL-44, Force Ghost DL-44, that's Han Solo's blaster, by the way. We dissolve into hyperspace, coming out over the forest moon of Endor. Lando and the Resistance get ready for Leia's funeral, and we get heavy, heavy storm pilot hints. That, by the way, is the fandom code, if you will, for um, Finn Poe shipping. And then Ben, Force Vision, kind of, his, he has a Force Vision of Endor, and then somehow he, he's now in Endor? And then he proposes to Rey. And and then he marries Rey. Wicket, actually, Chieftain Wicket from Return of the Jedi presides over their wedding and he marries them. And the First Order's like, well, he kind of, kind of derelict of duty now because he's gone. And so, and so there's a rebellion in space in the First Order as it's torn apart from within as some loyal to the Knights of Ren destroy those loyal to Hux and vice versa. Maz brings fireworks and Snoke appears as a force ghost but the force ghost melts into a palpatine force ghost and there are other force ghosts and that's the end and it came off less like a story treatment for episode 9 and more like a fan fiction that only had enough beats for like 30 minutes of screen time or like a troll and i could not tell which
1: or a fever dream there's that
0: <laughs> when we started off with a uh, with a force tea party i knew that it was going to be something interesting
1: I'm just... Kylo Ren and Ray getting married in front of a giant teddy bear.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And they exchange kyber crystals instead of rings. You
1: know what? I love it. I think this should be... I think this should be the movie, honestly. It's got... it's not boring.
0: It's not. I, I was going through it and I was like, you know, I don't hate it, but I can't in good conscience put that in my top five, so... So it's it's number six, unfortunately, and I think we can firmly say it does not try to fix the Last Jedi. We move on to uh, number five, okay. the First Order. This is the first one to break a three on my um, on my uh, on my rating scale, and okay. uh, let me point out here my tiny summary for number five, the First Order, the fact that a story where quote Forces are a major plot point, got this high, tells you everything you need to know about the quality of these story treatments. Um, Forcies, the term is four-seas. Uh tries to fix The Last Jedi, oh yeah. Let's dive into the First Order, uh, and it's actually genuinely kind of hard to follow. The First Order and the Resistance battle a lot, while Supreme Leader Kylo Ren goes off to abduct Force-sensitive children who must never ever be allowed to be called Forcies, as the author calls them. <laughs> Leia dies early on as her ship is destroyed, Rey tries to stop Kylo Ren, Poe spends a portion of the story out of commission, Finn uses the stormtroopers' parents to convince the stormtroopers to rebel against the First Order. In the end, Kylo Ren and Rey face off at the Yavin 4 temple, only thanks to this one obscure thing from Legends... It's a force ghost battle between Snoke and all the Jedi force ghosts seen thus far. Kylo Ren is redeemed but sacrifices himself as the First Order is crushed by Leia's allies who finally heard her call and apparently had a massive First Order destroying fleet ready to go. So, let's just, I actually wrote like little comments on each thing. Title quality, I gave it a two because it's just not a good Star Wars title. The First Order, it'd be like Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire, great. Story potential, I gave it a seven because the scale was good. Like you had this big galactic story ready to go. Good balance of macro and with personal, uh, micro personal macro space. It was, it was good. Execution, story execution, I gave it a two because it was rambling and incoherent. Enjoyability, a two because it was rambling and and cringeworthy. Again, it's like, so we have all these force ghosts who are just going to battle with Snoke. Why do we even have Rey, Rey and Kylo Ren then? Like... What's the point? Well, that, that that's the real. I, that that to me seems to be like the number one calling card of someone trying to fix the story. Is they try to give Ray famous parents, they um, try to do something about the fact that they don't like some of the characters like Rose, and or they have all the Force ghosts show up and do Ray's job for her. On that note, um, with the character writing, I kind of give it like a four. It's not offensive, but everyone's way out of character and they act in internally inconsistent ways. Ray and Finn character arcs are pretty bad. Ben Solo's character arc, you get mild Ben Demption. There are no OCs. Pacing was pretty slow, and it was not a satisfying conclusion, so it got a total weighted score of a 3.5. They tried, oh, they also tried to make Rey into a solo. Fun fact.
1: Uh, of course they did, because it's not okay for Rey to not be related
0: to nobody. <laughs> so, uh, we move on to uh, Untitled 3PO. Now, This one is a Yeah, Untitled R2 was the first Untitled one. Untitled 3PO is our second. This one, um, my tiny summary, a few cool ideas does not a winner make. Did not try to fix The Last Jedi. Um, let's go through our story beats. Ready? Kylo Ren and Rey are vying for recruits to bolster their respective new force orders. It's like a recruitment war. Leia works on a secret super weapon that will work like an EMP on the First Order. The First Order's off balance. Yeah, of course. Yeah, why not? First Order is off-balance, losing winnable battles because Kylo Ren is emotionally unsteady at the helm. Consequently, Hux stages a coup, blaming Kylo Ren for Snoke's death, unaware that he killed him, and basically reimagining Order 66, but where the First Order and the Knights of Ren, rather than the Empire and the Jedi, Uh, Kylo Ren flees with the Knights of Ren. Immediately after assuming power, Hux orders the the assassination of Leia, which succeeds, Kylo Ren goes to Leia's funeral, apparently in mourning, and surrenders to the Resistance, but it's a ploy. Of course. It's a ploy. Using the Force, he signals the Knights of Ren, who stage a Mission Impossible-style rescue of him from the Rebel base, and they steal their real goal in coming to the base, the secret plans to the superweapon. The Knights of Ren arrange a meeting with Rota the Hut, who apparently, um, if you like, go into can to into- oh he is canon— uh, Jabba's son, also known as Stinky in the Clone Wars. Poe receives intel of a secret First Order meeting in Wild Space. He plans to disrupt their meeting, but so does Kylo Ren. In visiting Rota the Hutt, Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren assassinate him and take over his criminal network. The Knights of Ren are now the kings of Tatooine's criminal underworld. With their resources, they start building the secret Resistance super So Now we have three factions. We have the First Order, the Resistance, and the Knights of Ren with the Tatooine criminal underworld. Okay. But the First Order meeting was a flop. The base is abandoned and it's just Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. They capture Rose and they flee. Rose tries to turn Kylo Ren to the good side. So does Force Ghost Anakin. The Resistance is driven back to make a final stand over Jakku. Rey makes peace with her dead parents on Jakku. First Order and Resistance prepare for their final battle, which begins, but midway through, the Knights of Ren slash Hut cartel arrive and blast everyone with the secret EMP weapon. All ships fall to the planet, and the battle goes groundside. The Knights of Ren encounter Rey, Finn, and a few others, and we have a big old lightsaber battle. Kylo Ren, however, cannot bring himself to kill Rey once he defeats her, and so he surrenders. The First Order and Resistance team up to fight the uh, Knights of Ren cartel. The First Order and Resistance sign a treaty allowing each other to exist, at least for now. Kylo Ren is exiled to Tatooine, where he must wander the Dune Sea forever. And so it was okay i thought it was a three-act structure and it didn't try to fix the last jedi and it had some ideas but i didn't think i didn't think having ideas translated into it being like amazing or anything
1: it did have good ideas for sure like i mean i i honestly do think that hux will try to stage a coup at some point that's kind of inferred that he and Kylo Ren have a bit of a rivalry going on and uh, that it's an interesting idea to think that there's another faction or whatever but yeah it's not coherent not super coherent and that would take that would be a very difficult that would be a very jumbled movie like you would have to that that seems like two movies worth Almost of material right
0: there. It's almost like you you would need like a prologue, like series of webisodes before you could actually get started on the story.
1: Exactly, and the thing about Star Wars again is when it's done, it's, when it's done really well. Is when it's kept it you know simple, like the most complicated. Okay, I, my um. Opinion, which John I know doesn't share. I wasn't a fan of the Canto Byte sequence in the in the last
0: Jedi. Canto Byte sequence was cool because
1: it kind of overcomplicated the story a bit when it didn't need to be.
0: Failure, the greatest teacher is.
1: is. It's always kind of had a fairly simple story structure and a fairly straightforward simple story to each movie. It was never. It was, when it tried to make things more complex, like in the prequels with politics and so on, that's when it started to slide a bit, because that's
0: never what Star Wars has been about. So, so Kanto Bight sequence, I thought it was really cool, partly because I'd been desperate for, like, a new planet. My, my biggest critique, actually, of the sequel trilogy is I wanted more different planets, and I wanted new ship designs, um, yeah. which, yeah. actually, these were George Lucas critiques as well. He, he didn't okay. like that they just, just went anything. retro. Yeah, he, he, he would have been like, no, we would need like new designs for everything, new planets, new locations. And I
1: do, I do appreciate the fact, because really so far we've only seen the sort of lower classes, I guess you could say. Like the working people and the grimier sort of side of things with Star Wars. So it was interesting to see what the ultra-wealthy um, had. High class people culture was like, but I just didn't think it was. It just felt like I watched to get dark to dark story with Ray, that's the interesting part for me, whatever.
0: And I, I really appreciated that because it, it felt like the prequels, it felt like the opera sequence, except like, you know more like Vegas, so I, I appreciated it because of all the awesome, de- like, it had some of the coolest alien designs we've seen yet in Star Wars, like, not just in the sequel trilogy, but in all of Star Wars, and so I guess that's the thing, I, w- I was visually stunned throughout the whole sequence, and and then because it carried me through on its visuals, I was, by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, that was fun! Like, I had fun with it.
1: That's where I get, like, uh, I, I just because, uh, I, <laughs> I studied art and design. uh, uh <laughs> Because that's what I study. Um, I, I get, you know, absorbed into those sorts of things too, but I'm just so cynical about it as well. Like, I am not impressed unless there's a really strong story.
0: I guess that's the thing is, it was crucial, I thought it was crucial for Finn's story arc, because Rose is Finn's like, shoulder angel, and DJ was his shoulder devil, and DJ's trying to muddy the waters and be like, there's no such thing as morality. Look at these people, they're amoral. And then Rose is like, they're amoral, but we can be better. And like, to me, that was an important part of his character arc for him to like, not just be like selfishly, I want to go save the people who are important to me, but I want to be part of something bigger and good. And yes, there is such a thing as like a good that is not just sort of like part of this moral gray blob of everything, you know?
1: Yeah, and I get that, and I do think that was important. I just kind of wish, I don't know, I, get, I think this is more an opinion thing than it is an objective.
0: Oh, of course, this is this all is opinion.
1: I personally was into. Naturally. I wish they had done it a bit differently as all. Well, but that's just
0: me. That's totally fair, and you'll probably be happy that they didn't use the extended sequence, where they had like the bath scene, where they go in and they we see like weird like Muppet Alien butt and stuff. So,
1: Mm, okay, yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. I guess the point is Star Wars does best when it's simple because Star Wars is simple. Not a super complex. It's not. It's not game of thrones.
0: It's 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 fairy tales in space.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what it is when you get down to it. So trying to add all these different stories layering on top of each other in one movie, it doesn't work in Star Wars. I'm sorry. It just it doesn't. It was not.
0: Sorry, you got cut off there.
1: My point is, it just doesn't work in Star Wars to have all these multi-layered stories because the layers are implied. They aren't shown to you. And there's a lot of interpretation you can take from it. And also, it's just, it's a very simple franchise, guys. It's not anything super complex. Uh,
0: super complex. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, speaking of like things turning into almost like soap opera stuff, uh, we have to move on to number three, The Will. The will of the Force. We're we're all the way up at a ripe 4.5 out of 10. Um, That's number 3, is a 4.5 out of 10. Um, If Star Wars were a soap opera, but like, a fun one. This one's kind of complex. So we start off, Rey and Chewie et al. are on Onderon, uh, trying to help with an evacuation because the First Order is attacking Onderon. But... There appears one of the Knights of Ren, who is named Tanzik Ren. Uh, and there's this Sith scepter that Tanzik Ren uses to fight Rey and Finn and Connix. Rey tears it in half. The First Order is attacking Onduran, and Rey et al. are trying to help evacuate. Rey defeats Tanzik Ren and steals his armor, and then impersonates him to enter into contact with Kylo Ren in like a conference. In this conference, with all the Knights of Ren, Kylo Ren starts talking about his plan. He's going to help expand their force knowledge by finding all these like old codices of force knowledge. Um, So Kylo Ren, by the way, is he's set up his residence, uh, his palace at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Um, Rey successfully uh, impersonates Tanzic Ren and gets this intel. Meanwhile, we pull all the way back. What's that?
1: Was that Coruscant destroyed?
0: No, no, Hosnian Prime was destroyed. Coruscant was not part of the Hosnian oh. system.
1: Gotcha, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, Coruscant is still alive and well in canon. At least for now. Who knows what'll happen in Rise of Skywalker? So we we then get this one relic from the Clone Wars. Commander Cody shows up. Yes, Commander Cody, if you've ever watched Clone Wars. He is one of two of the main, like, clone commandos. There's Commander Cody, who has the dumbest name in all Star Wars, and then... The Commander Rex is the other one. Rex, in canon, joins the Rebellion and is seen maybe at the Battle of Endor. He might be the old guy with the beard at Endor. Commander Cody stayed loyal to the Empire and continued to work for the Empire. So here we have Commander Cody working with the First Order to set up a droid-controlled platform system to defend um, Coruscant, so a bunch of like floating droid controlled platforms that are not susceptible to the clone tactics he would have used in the Clone Wars. R2 and 3BO are captured by Kylo Ren, but 3BO seems very content with this, and Kylo has him translate old Sith stuff. Anakin visits Kylo Ren as a ghost, basically tells him, be good. Hux approaches the resistance. He will actually defect in exchange for a chance to kill Kylo Ren, which is a cool story beat, actually. Rey, however, won't take part in the plan, but she will cooperate. I don't get how these things are different. She wants to investigate the lead she got impersonating Tanzik Ren. There's this force mysticism stuff on Dantooine that she has to go to. Rey and apparently a now force-sensitive Finn go to Dantooine and find a hidden door near the former Jedi enclave that we see in KOTOR, and open it using the force. Luckily, there are no... We don't. That's the closest thing we get to KOTOR in this, though, so thank goodness. Um, yeah. The Resistance recruits um, the Huts and the Underworld, generally, and uh, asks them to clog up the space lanes around Coruscant to prevent anyone from getting in and out. Semini Ren is one of the other Knights of Ren, who shows up on Dantooine um, and actually defects and joins Rey and Finn, uh, and they discover a hidden temple uh, through the secret, secret door, which is described as a madcap temple of doom style romp of traps and such that they have to navigate. And at the end, they get a book that details a plan to sever the galaxy from the force. This is what prompts Semini Wren's defection, because she's like, we shouldn't do this, it's bad. Um, so the Knights of Ren are going to have a Conference where they learn for the first time that it was actually Kylo Ren, not Rey, who killed Snoke. And so they all swear vengeance on Kylo, who kills them all through the force in the Conference. On Coruscant, Raban, a droid expert, forces R2 to operate the droid defense platforms, while secret memories are extracted from C3PO. Finn and Poe crash land on Coruscant. To draw Kylo Ren out, Poe challenges him to a one on one duel via holo broadcast to all of Coruscant. Hux is bad and fires on civilians. Kylo Ren confronts Poe and destroys the sniper droids planted there, because it was a trap, of course. Kylo kills Poe and goes back to the palace. Rey follows. Kylo reveals that the nexus of the Force is the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, which he wishes to destroy, so he's having the platforms collapse on it. Finn gives a rousing speech, of of course, and starts the Stormtrooper Rebellion. Rey and Kylo Ren fight. Commander Cody takes off his mask, and he's not Commander Cody at all. He's Boba Fett! who has been impersonating Commander Cody. Boba Fett also wants to destroy the Force because he wants revenge for Mace Windu having killed Jango Fett. Ben has a change of heart and is defeated by Rey. All the Force ghosts work with Rey and Finn to stop the platforms from crashing in on the temple, and then Rey goes off to imprison Kylo Ren and keep watch on him. That was a roller coaster of a story. No, what I found interesting though, there are some beats that sound like they might actually be in Rise of Skywalker. For instance, there being this like tiny droid expert alien who's extracting memories from C-3PO. That might be what we see happening. Next one, uh, where we don't fight the Yuzhang Vong, please. I hate the Yuzhang Vong so much. I don't
1: even know what those are, but I hear
0: they You know what Star Wars needs? Nature aliens that fight with snakes. Moving up to number two which has a ranking of 5.1. That's our number two, is five out of 10. My tiny summary is really, really fun hot trash. It absolutely tries to fix uh, The Last Jedi. Um, So let's go to Paths of Destiny, which was originally um, typoed as Paths of Destiny by the author. Let's just go through this. This is the best hot trash you've found. Supreme Leader Kylo Ren goes to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant for some undetermined reason and discovers there Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett? No, it's Kate Blanchett. Like, the author actually specifies that she should be played by Kate Blanchett. Uh, Mysterious Woman is the name of the character. And no, not Mysterious Woman. Mysterious Women. Like, multiple. Um, the character's name is Mysterious Women. Yeah, Mysterious Women has been living in the temple, and the Mysterious Women is also really strong with the Force. Mysterious Women laughs evilly at Kylo Ren. Meanwhile, Rey goes to Nima Outpost on Jakku, you know, where she traded her scrap for uh, rations. Uh, She goes there to learn more about her family, but nobody knows anything, so she leaves. Very important scene there. Um, Poe and Connix go to a seedy arcade. It's an arcade. On... Nar of course. and at this arcade they encounter a bartender who is the exact Chiss bartender from Jedi Outcast. If you've okay. ever played Jedi Outcast though, which is a really fun game, absolutely go. You can find it on PS4 right now uh, for a decent price. I think it's only like 10 bucks. Um,
1: is Kyle Katarn is grumpy Han Solo.
0: Oh, Kyle Katarn is grumpy poor man Han Solo with the Force, yes. Um, just like all the other poor man's Han Solos like Dash Rendar and Koran Horn, who is the other grumpy poor man's Han Solo with the Force. Anyway, encountering the exact chiss bartender from Jedi Outcast, who has the exact same dialogue, the exact same quirks of speech, Ray and Finn quirkiness all over the place truly's Rey and Finn and Rose go to a fortress to rescue Maz. Lando meets Poe and Connix on Nar Shaddaa and they decide to go hang out on Naboo with Leia to convince Lando to join the cause, but before they can take off the First Order appears, led by your new favorite Star Wars character, Captain Pants.
1: <laughs>
0: Captain Pants, your new favorite Star Wars character, locks them in a tractor beam That one might have just been a bit too much for Laura.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: captain Pants locks them. Captain Pants locks them in a tractor beam. But Lando and company manage to hero the finalizer. I think I mean board. the. Oh, oh, oh no. They managed to like, they managed to capture the finalizer, which is the ship. Captain Pants is apparently the captain of the finalizer. Yeah, uh, the finalizer is, of course, um, one of the star destroyers of that has actually been named in uh, the sequel trilogy.
1: The heroed Captain Pants' finalizer.
0: <laughs> the heroed Captain Pants' finalizer. Maz gets rescued and they reunite with Lando and Connix and Poe. And then they go to Coruscant, where we discover that, that Mysterious Women, all along, has been Leia. Played by Kate Blanchett. Played by Kate Blanchett. And she has been secretly evil all along. And you know what? Mysterious Women was Snoke.
1: She was Snoke and she was Leia. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Played by Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, playing our new our other new favorite character, Mysterious Women, was Snoke and evil Leia, who like possessed Snoke using the force and created the first order to give her son Ben Solo an empire to rule. And she was also Ray's mom all along and was pulling the strings of the whole sequel trilogy. So she
1: is Ray's mom and also Snoke and also Leia as portrayed by Kate Blanchett.
0: Yes, and the character's name is Mysterious Women. So they go to Coruscant. Kylo Ren is getting killed by evil Leia slash Kate Blanchett slash Snoke slash evil slash Mysterious Women. Rose slash Ray's mom. Rose, Finn, and Ray somehow defeat evil Leia. And escape and it's revealed that Luke is Finn's father. Uh... Okay, how
1: was that okay, was this just like applause in the action where it was like, Oh, by the way, Luke is your father? Yeah,
0: kind of at the end, it's just sort of thrown in there, like I mean, it's Star Wars.
1: A Mexican standoff where (laughs)
0: everyone...
1: ...guns at each other except for throwing out...
0: Like birth certificates? ...where it's like,
1: I'm actually your mother, while he was your father. I was your grandson's second roommate. Second
0: cousin. Yeah, which makes us absolutely nothing. Thank you uh, Spaceballs, but um yeah, Rose and Finn get together and the first order is defeated in space by heroism. They give it they they're defeated in space by heroism. I mean, this is just madness all around, but I can't say I didn't enjoy every second of it.
1: I enjoyed myself. Immensely.
0: I think the reason I ranked this so high is because I ranked the the original characters ridiculously high because you cannot do better than Captain Pants and mysterious women. So if Kate Blanchett is playing mysterious women, this leaves the obvious and most important question of this entire podcast, who plays Captain Pants? <laughs> Kate Blanchett! Kate Blanchett! <laughs> Kate Blanchett, definitely. To move on to our winner, number one, which actually got nine on my ten, From one to ten it got nine So this is the only one that got higher than five Star Wars by Philip K. Dick is my tiny summary, but it was kind of oh so okay The Jedi Reborn is the name of this one Um, Let's go through this it, it, the story beats may not convey how much I actually enjoyed this But let's see if I can, like, do it justice. So we begin with a battle over a new planet, the industrial planet Scalibra. We introduce the red-clad cyborg blood troopers. I found this detail interesting because we do know that there are going to be red-clad stormtroopers called the Sith troopers in Rise of Skywalker, so that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hux and Poe are present at this battle. Uh, Hux's star destroyer is called the Tormentor. Poe engages Hux with Black Squadron. Rey is on Tatooine with Chewie and Finn and R2. She's actually been on Tatooine for a while, like in Exile, but Chewie, Finn, and R2 have found her. Some time has passed between The Last Jedi and this. They're there to convince her to rejoin the fight against the First Order, uh, but she turns them down. She's been studying the Jedi texts in hiding on Tatooine and refuses to join. She has to rebuild the Jedi Order or all is lost. She is not yet ready to confront Kylo Ren, she says. Um, her lightsaber, as yet, has not been rebuilt. Meanwhile, Kylo Ren has married for political purposes with a prominent shipbuilding royal family. His queen is pregnant with his baby. Kylo is making alliances with Huts and other shady folk to shore up power versus the resistance. Kylo actually has captured Lando and has him prisoner, and he's interrogating him. Lando claims not to know anything, And so in a sign of magnanimous mercy, Kylo simply tells him, find a corner in the galaxy to die in and just lets him go. Um, Lando, of course, was lying. We get from the hieroglyphs of Jedi origin via C-3PO's translation for Rey the story of the matriarch, uh, who is this sort of like proto-Jedi who um, had all this force power and she maintained balance by her very presence when her rival, cut her in two. And apparently this is what turned Tatooine from a lush paradise to a barren world. The twin sons, according to this legend, represent the two halves of the matriarch yearning to be reunited. And this is the origin of the Jedi. The followers of the matriarch dedicated themselves to fighting off the darkness that led to the matriarch's fall. We establish that Rey needs to become this matriarch, or to reunite the two halves somehow. Apparently, Snoke was the Matriarch's rival. We get heavy hinting, but nothing explicit. There's whisperings of a coup within the First Order against Kylo Ren, and we learn some backstory. We learn that Ben Solo actually had a twin sister, Jaina Solo, but she was killed by an imposter Anakin Skywalker Force ghost, and he's been blaming himself for it, and that's part of the rift between him and his family that led him to fall to the dark side. The Resistance surprise attacks the Finalizer, which is in orbit over Nal Hutta, Kylo Ren gets into a sci filencer and dogfights with Poe. The Falcon crashes on Nalhada, which is a swampy planet by the way, and Kylo Ren lands to finish the job. But he sees Rey nearly impaled, well nearly dead, impaled, and tries to rescue her because he doesn't want to kill Rey. But then Chewie appears and tries to kill him! And then stormtroopers arrive and find all four of them, including Nine Nub, because he's there too, near death. Now, meanwhile, there have been two First Order superweapons constructed, and uh, they are seized by the Resistance in a surprise attack. But then there's this Resistance Civil War going on, where some of the Resistance wants to use the First Order superweapons to destroy all of the First Order, including civilians. Finn refuses, and he's arrested. The First Order gains control of one of the weapons again, and destroys the Resistance on the other one, and flees! The First Order superweapon wipes out the Resistance base. Um, A secret group of Finn-worshipping stormtroopers have been waiting all along since Force Awakens for the moment to rise up, and Finn's crashing on the planet in his escape is the sign they need. The stormtrooper rebellion, which was already underway, now begins in full force. We learn that the First Order superweapon is part of a plan to kill Kylo Ren, uh, because Hux has been wanting to do this for a while and he's going to pretend that the Resistance is still in control of the superweapon to blame it on them. Hux kills the Knights of Ren and the Hutts as part of the coup. Rey and Ben are suspended together in a bacta tank, like twins in a womb. Um, so anyway, uh, Hux leaves Ben in a coma and then takes Rey to convert her into a blood trooper, which involves all the cybernetic stuff and, like, cutting through her and taking away her humanity. Kylo wakes, escapes, and is rescued by Rey. They escape together. Um... Hux, oh no, he rescues Rey. They escape together. Hux has the super weapon brought to destroy the planet where Kylo's wife and son are, and it destroys the capital city where they are. The Resistance fleet and First Order fleets fire on the Tormentor. Um, We find Phasma has been turned into a a blood trooper, and she begs Finn to kill her, which he does. First Order fleet, uh... They fly to find the resistance base uh, where Leia is hiding, but there's a black hole surrounding it. Surprise, that's why they went there, is because it's surrounded by black holes. And the ending was surprisingly really great. Rey is not secretly Jaina. Jaina is dead. They find her grave. It turns out Leia has been dead all along. It's not a resistance base that they go to. There never was one. It was a distraction. Leia died some time ago. It's actually uh, the Solo family cabin. And there, um, Leia's force ghost greets Ben... Uh, and Ben and Rey are actually without any transport to leave the planet. They're stuck there. And so they uh, decide that they're going to, now that you know, Kylo Ren has lost everything, he decides he's going to start a new Jedi Order with Leia. And uh, so the two halves are reunited. Um, each, with each half of Anakin's lightsaber, they build new ones and the color is violet because red and blue together, right? And they train new Jedi together as they're shuttled to the planet by Maz, who hunts down new force sensitives. And, uh, back on Tatooine, uh, cause we left C-3PO and uh, R2 inside the cave where Rey was hiding. Years later, they're found, their batteries drained and covered in dust, and they're taken in by a scavenger who's going to try to uh, like plug into their memories and learn their story. A flower blooms in the desert. And this is our, uh, this is uh, this story.
1: Well, there were, there was a lot.
0: There was, yes. And I didn't really do it justice by reading it like this. It was actually, like, pretty good. I got this, like, very 1980s David Lynch slash Philip K. Dick like, H.R. Geiger style like, feel from it, from what they were describing. Oh, and it ends on on another note. There's, like, a little cut to they actually discover Ben Solo's child is actually rescued from the Rebel against all odds and is, like, burnt and now without parents. And it sort of sets up a possibility of, like, more sequels where now he's wondering who his parents were and stuff.
1: Interesting. So, there were things about this that I did like, for sure, but I don't see working very well in a movie simply because there hasn't been hinting or build up to it from the other two movies the whole thing with jana solo you know cut Ben solo's twin sister i like that idea i really do but unfortunately since we've had no information to that effect in the other two movies like not even hinting at it that would not work very well because then it's sort of like out of the blue oh ben actually had a twin sister and then this happened this was the real reason it's
0: like what Uh." the issue there is it's not like where the, the retcons they had to do with the original trilogy where it was totally a retcon that vader was luke's father and didn't kill luke's father um but that one isn't quite as egregious because it's not like oh wait i never knew i had a father you know like yeah
1: it was like, okay, yeah, maybe, there was a reason, there could be reasoning behind it. Like, you know, Obi-Wan just thought it would be better if Luke thought that his father was dead. Or, you know, he said, yes, your father was dead from a certain point of view. And it's, yeah, I guess that makes sense, you know? It makes sense within the context of the movie, even though it was retconned. But this, though, because the whole separation of the Solo family... And everything was such a big part of the series, that was, and there was hinting and build up to it, and you would think that, you know, Luke blaming himself this entire time for what happened, and him only remembering that one instance where he just, where he drew his lightsaber over Ben for just a second, that, you would think that he would remember more than that if, if there was a twin sister involved, but yeah,
0: anyway. And I agree, it was definitely not a perfect thing, but I thought of the ones that, that were there, it was probably the best one. I guess in the end, we will find out what goes on with The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, which one do you think I wrote? I'm
1: going to say you either wrote the second to last one, the uh, number two, mm-hmm. or the... I'm actually going to say you wrote that one, because I can't remember what the other one
0: was. <laughs> Well... I did not write the really, really fun, hot trash one. No, the one I wrote was Untitled Threepio, the one that got number four. I legit stand by some of those story beats. I think it would be really cool if Kylo Ren does, like, go make an alliance with the Huts. I thought that would be fun, and I thought it'd be really fun if it does end with him being exiled to the Dune Sea, and we get, like, the poetry there of where he has to go, where Anakin started, and, like, but... Yeah. It, the execution was really haphazard, and in my defense, I only had like a few hours to throw it together because I forgot the contest was happening, so, um, <laughs> that's what happened there. You know, thank you all for joining us because you're amazing people, and we love you, and we want to kiss you on your foreheads gently, and-
1: but, but in a very platonic-
0: Oh yeah, platonic kisses on your foreheads. And we shall end there for now, and we'll see how regular we're able to keep this, we just want to make sure we- an update in so you saw that we didn't like abandon the idea of this podcast because goodness knows I'm, i'm still paying for um hosting for it so we're definitely still doing it
1: and plus we enjoy doing it
0: we enjoy doing it so much it's just you know baby grad school things are a little tough but we wanted to get this one out in advance of rise of skywalker um go see rise of skywalker see if any of these story beats make it and let us all hope that jj has the good sense to put in captain pants
1: Yes, that is the one thing we take away from this,
0: Captain Pants. Captain Pants is a requirement, and with that, uh, well, farewell. Ah, uh, we come to the end of yet another stinklings. But we did not do ASMR Salvatory, so instead, I will leave you with this sample of my baby's crying.